Welcome to Totally A Prize Was Always Cool, a podcast with a dark secret. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined, as always, by your friend and mine, Molly. Hey, hi, it's me, Molly. We got Luke with us. I had the strangest dream. Dreamed we were watching a good TV show. Molly, you were there. And so were you, that's, Ashley. That's true, I was there. I also had a dream that I was good at intro bits. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dream. Ah! I thought, you see, now, again, I was wondering if it was going to be this or if it was going to be Malcolm coaching his uh, his girl <laughs> into how to murder James. I'll be honest, I didn't think about needing an intro bit until about ten seconds ago, and I yeah. could not think of anything that happened in this episode except the Civil War stuff. This is because well, this episode sucks ass. Spoilers for the rest of this episode <laughs> of Totally Reprise. This yeah. shit blows! Diane Keaton sucked my nuts. Okay, here's what I'm curious about, and we will get into this as we go. I completely understand thinking this episode sucks ass. I'm confused. It doesn't. I'm confused why you think it sucks ass because this feels basically the same as the previous episode to me. Does not feel the same. I don't. I don't know what the difference you're picking up on is. I. I. I can just tell when the quality is there, and it's not. Like last time, I thought we were watching fun trash. This time, I mostly felt like I was watching fun trash. This is not fun trash. Okay. I. We'll get into it. I guess. I. I don't. It feels of a piece to me. Oh, obviously, mm. Diane's putting a lot of mustard on the ball with the direction choices. It's pretty rough. But it, I honestly, think, the, I, th- the I think a large wacky part of it, direction was some of the most fun I was having with this episode. So I think a large part of it is the subplots they chose to focus on for this episode. Sure, which are not the ones I like. But they're the same subplots that have been in like the past five episodes. Also, Windemerle is in this episode, and that's gonna bring it way down. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> like cinder blocks on this on this podcast corpse feet. <laughs> also, it's like a thing with the the two subplots they choose. It's like, wait, this is still going. Yeah, definitely. Yes, there are, that's fair. It's partially uh this is still going, and partially like this is how they're wrapping it? Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway. Like. Yeah, yeah. The writing is just as big a problem for me as the as yeah. the direction. Fun yeah. trash Maybe is of so. a quality, and this is not of that yes. quality. Hmm. Right, okay. Anyway, I'm kind of upset that you can't discern between this episode and last episode. Frankly, they seem like. Yes, I detect a difference, but not in like quality. They're just. They're both schlocky bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> oh, was the schlocky bullshit where Josie, uh, uh, Josie's being sold back into sex slavery? Are you really going to tell me that's a new development? No, but it's really gross when it's just on my screen. Sure, It's really I guess. gross I'm when they're saying... doing the negotiations in front of her. Luke, what have you done this week? <laughs> Absolutely fucking nothing. I'm just... <laughs> 
I've had to work a lot of overtime this week. I watched a bunch of Better Call Saul, but that's not interesting to discuss. How's Better Call Saul? It's a pretty good TV show. I like it. you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what I've heard. It's pretty good. It's like, I think both that and Breaking Bad have a thing where, like, I saw someone talking about this on Twitter. It's like, it's kind of like if the best chef in the world made you a quarter pounder. Like, it's a lot of talent going into what's ultimately just kind of, like, fun soap opera stuff. And you know what? I'm not too good for that. Yeah, that's what Twin Peaks is. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> you know, I like um, to watch a con man get up to various antics. Yeah, I'm just glad Bob Odenkirk, like, is just taking a victory lap. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I said yeah, I have no idea what that show's about. Uh, it's about a lawyer who is was a he reformed was from Breaking con Bad, man. right? What's that? Yeah, he's in Breaking Bad, right? Okay, right. It's it, a it is technically a prequel to Breaking Bad. I would say the it's worst parts of that show are when it just decides to just be a prequel to Breaking Bad and not its own thing. I thought it was uh, just kind of like a side thing of like stuff he was doing that wasn't just working with the guy. That is no. very. It, that's kind of how it starts. It's set before Breaking Bad, but it's just kind of like different stuff. And then, like, the end of season two is the introduction of, like, a bunch of Breaking Bad characters, and it kind of becomes, like, both that and the Breaking Bad prequel simultaneously. It's very strange. And that stuff's fine, but I really just want to see the con man lawyer shit. Yeah, like, the thing I remember from, like, what I've watched is every so often they would, like, cut to him, like, totally, like, he has... Uh, like, you know, totally changed identity to get away from all of the crimes he did. Yeah, yeah, like, every season opens up with uh, a section set after Breaking Bad where, yeah, he's just a sad guy living in fucking Nebraska or something. He, like, works at, like, a Baskin-Robbins, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 Cinnabon, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Baskin-Robbins is, uh, Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I remember that. It's the same thing. Yeah. Paul Rudd's kind of funny. Yeah, Red is kind of funny. Yeah, I, I I watched half of Ant Man on a flight. Yeah, that's about that's about as much as you need to watch of it. That was pretty. I felt like I had to finish the movie. Yeah, I know where we were going from there. It's funny. Right. Yeah, yeah. You just watched Paul Rudd be charming at the camera for a little bit, tell a couple ant jokes. You know, it was less good. It, it was less good than Fury Road, which I watched before Ant Man on the same flight. Yeah, I would I would agree that <laughs> Ant-Man is not as good of a movie as Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. These are these are my cinema opinions. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. As as Madison Max. <laughs> David Lynch would be furious I was watching movies on an airplane screen. That's true. Well, at least it's not a fucking telephone. Yeah. Is he one of those people? Probably. Yeah, the there's like a famous like thing from like the Inland Empire DVDs where it's like an interview with him and he's like They've got these phones now, and they want to tell you you can watch a fucking movie on your fucking telephone. Get real. <laughs> All right, fucking whatever. Clown yeah, exactly. <laughs> these are the things I know about David Lynch. No, he's very much a guy like, listen, the right way to watch a movie is in a dark movie theater where no one's allowed to fucking talk, and there's like red velvet millimeters. <laughs> and like, if you have to watch it at home on a big screen TV, I guess that's okay. Yeah, but you should watch those, it at like, the damn movie theater. Seeing those, like, letters to the projectionists, pretty cool, but also, calm down, guys. Yeah, relax. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched uh, a movie made by Keanu Reeves, actually, uh-huh. about, like, 
people arguing about uh, digital versus film. Uh-huh. And it was really interesting to watch during COVID. I'm like, oh, buddies, this is, you're all talking about, like, but, like, does, like, digital devalue the theater? Sure. And I'm like, the things you're talking about are soon not going to matter the, at all. <laughs> yeah, um, David Lynch has voiced an opinion about that stuff. He's like, yeah, digital video kind of looks like shit. I love it. <laughs> it looks so bad. Yeah, I love fair. to make movies with it. Yeah, that's kind of like what Michael Mann also thought. Yeah. Like, give it, gimme, gimme. I want everything to look just blown out as hell. Like, Inland Empire was shot on, like, a shitty, like, camcorder you can get at Best Buy. Right. I yeah, Bamboozled uh, yeah. 2 by Spike, Joe, Spike Lee. That was, like, when everyone was, like, trying out digital shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's me. I don't know. I played some Hitman today. That game's still good. I have it downloaded. I was going to just start a new file. You know, they're putting a new map out in a couple months. Fuck. Yeah, uh, July. They delayed that, like, roguelike mode they're making. Oh, okay. They, yeah, they basically came out and said, like, hey, under normal circumstances, we would put this out right now. But Hitman 3 sold really good, so we can afford to, like, wait and bug test it some more. So we're gonna. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't say when it's delayed to, but it's still this year, and that'll be neat. I look forward to it. I kind of appreciate the flex. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley, what have you been doing? Uh, I've been watching movies. Oh, to cinema. What kind of movies have you been cinema. watching? Uh, I watched, I forgot if I saw this by last time, uh, Bahubali, The Beginning. Okay. Which you did a... not talk about this last time. Okay. No. Yeah, it's a... Indian epic uh, made by this director, uh, S.S. Rajamuri. And it is, like, playing off a lot of Indian, like, myths and legends that I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if I wanted to be the most, like, reductive I could possibly be about this Mm -hmm. in a way that does not help this movie i would say that it's the indian lord of the rings okay and that it's a lot of like big epic fights fantasy medieval uh you know hero who is like uh a long lost you know descendant of a king does he go there and back again um kind of (laughs) okay um it opens with his mom uh, falling down a waterfall, and she's like, I understand if you must kill me for my sins, like, Shiva, but, like, let the baby live. And then, like, she, like, sinks in the water, and the ba- she holds the baby up, <laughs> like, okay. just above the waves. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just got like also like a lot of like really great uh epic battles um with you know hundreds of extras and then also a lot of musical numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh which does make me happy. It's just like just like no, no no matter what the fucking genre is, we're going to put music numbers in this. I mean, honestly, sure. more American movies should put musical numbers in. Yeah. It's I was talking about this recently uh, with my dad because we were talking about, like, long movies. And it's, like, it's interesting that, like, in 
this is like a the part one part of a two part movie, but like the a lot of the other like Indian cinema I've seen has like been like three and a half hours, three hours, two and a, like forty five, and you know like those are long movies, and we have some like that, but like those are every Indian movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. sure and interesting that like that's just expected and like oh yeah we're just going to go watch a movie this could be like yeah four hours or three and a half hours we're good there's going to be a lot of singing a lot of dancing <laughs> uh and also like you know like it'll, it's also a cop story mm-hmm. just interesting to think about how different countries cinema evolves <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then you Thinking about cinema, uh, I watched Rush Hour 2. Okay. How's that? Uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's. I recently watched Rush Hour 1, and I think Rush Hour 2 has aged worse than Rush Hour 1. Okay, okay. Uh, which isn't, like... Not that weird for sequels. Not that weird for sequels, but like also like in terms of like cultural... Mm-hmm. Uh, aging, which is, you know, saying something because Jackie Chan does say the N-word of the first one. Okay. Which he really looks like he does not want to do when he... <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, a lot of the action scenes still go really well. It's obvious when Jackie Chan is directing the movie. Yeah. Uh, like, there, there was a clip of it on Twitter recently... And people were dunking on Brett Ratner. Deservedly so. Uh-huh. A horrible person. And of, like, Jackie Chan, like, going from, like, being in the scene to just, like, directing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, yes, I see. <laughs> Jackie Chan just directed this movie. <laughs> the action just got suddenly better. Yeah. Uh, so you can really see that in this movie. Uh, and I remembered way more of it than I thought of, including the fact that they go to Las Vegas for most of the movie. Yeah. Even though the whole bit is supposed to be Chris Tucker is now in Hong Kong instead of Jackie Chan in L.A. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, he just makes a couple jokes about eating dogs and then they just go back. <laughs> cool. Great cool yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... And then I watched the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh, like the old one? Yeah, the, yeah. the 1980s one. I guess it's the only one. Yeah. I like, I'm like. i sure there's animated movies. Sure, sure, sure. But, man, what a weird fucking thing that is. We, okay, people complained about it for so long. I feel like we gotta get back to a time when people making movie adaptations did not have to give a fuck about being faithful to the source material. I think that's the Halo TV series. <laughs> you know what? You're right. That won't save us. Yeah, it sounds like that sucks ass. <laughs> like, I understand where you're coming from. Right. <laughs> but, like, I, I think we have problems that are deeper inherently. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, <laughs> like, this was just like, what if we just get expert like it's the thing that always happened with he-man which is like let's get the cheapest animation house possible to animate this show yeah let like what are the ways we can save money in the creation of our 
toys. Right, right. And, yeah, this was just, like, let's give our fucking, like, show, like, our, this show, the movie rights to, like, canon films who just make nothing but, like, cheesy garbage. And... And just let them have at it. And just let them have fun. Uh, and yeah, it's like a He-Man movie that takes place mostly on Earth. Right. <laughs> Where, like, the key bits of it are, like, about synthesizers. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have Orko in it. They have, like, an Orko replacement because they're like, yeah, we just couldn't do Orko. Right. It's like, and, it's- like... It's like how they handled Toad in the Mario movie. Yeah, like, they're like, well, yeah, we just made up a, a totally dude, new dude. No. Um, the guy playing Skeletor, though, fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> he is the guy, like, he... A lot of times you'll have cases of, like, people... Uh, taking, like, the bad movie seriously. Uh-huh. And going like, all right, I'm going to fucking like, like you know, I'm still trying. Right, this you're, is yeah. him still trying, but he also knows exactly what movie he's in. Uh huh. And it's just extremely fun to like for him to be like, you know, like who do you think you are, he man. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Courtney Cox is in it too. Okay, good for her. Yeah, He Man has a gun. <laughs> Why not? Why shouldn't yeah, he? Fuck it. Fuck, fuck it. it, man. <laughs> fuck it. Um, which I think is actually from the cartoon because they're like, you can't have him slice people. That's too violent. <laughs> what a world! And but like, if you shoot him with like a laser gun, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, just explode that guy. Yeah. Um. Also, like, it's, like, Man-at-Arms, who's, like, the third male lead of that movie, is, like, a 50-year-old balding dude. And I'm like, God bless when Just someone like that could be your fucking action star. Yeah. Uh, it's also got the guy from, uh, the principal from Back to the Future in it as a hard-nosed police detective. Oh, who, sure. Uh, comes across all the fucking fantasy bullshit. <laughs> no he man just, in the history of Hill Valley's ever amounted to anything. Yeah, it, it's great though, because he just like has like a cigar and like a a lever shotgun and just like <laughs> shooting like fucking Skeletor guards. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it was a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Molly, what have yeah. you been up to? Uh, I played Rogue Legacy too. Ooh. Yes, you did. I did. It's actually not as much as you probably... Th- well, it's still quite a bit, but... Um, <laughs> that game's pretty good. I like yeah. it. Um, I I know a lot of people don't like the first Rogue Legacy. Um, and I guess I get it. Uh, but this seems to improve on many of the, the parts of it. That, you know, the, the movement feels better. The jump feels good. Uh, attacking guys is great. Um, there's a lot of classes... In it that you can you know because it's a it's a rogue like you start you pick your guy at the beginning mm. uh, and that like gives you your starting weapon and ability 
Mm-hmm. And um I think I think like enough of them are stinkers where I'm like, hmm, kind of wish I hadn't unlocked that, but guess I just kind of have to roll with it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but there's like a few cool ones. They added like a samurai one, uh, where if you like it, it swings a pretty wide arc, but if you hit the enemy with like the very tip of the arc, it uh, does a crit. So it's pretty cool, like just spacing and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, that's pretty fun. Um, and the way you level up in that game, or like you get stronger over time to get like deeper into the uh, actual uh, dungeon. Uh, there's like six bosses, um, and they added some sub bosses this time that you need to beat to get to the actual bosses. Mm. Um, but you upgrade your manor. Um, you just you know you you get money while you're in there. You pay money into the thing when you're done with your run. Um, and you know, you upgrade your strength or your intelligence or whatever for various, you know, uh, counts for every class, but you, you upgrade your stuff. But I've hit a point where there's like a really big fall off on how much I can upgrade per run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so now it's just like chipping at a wall. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. Like I, I was moving on like a pretty good clip for a while, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, because at, at first the upgrades are just kind of like flat cost depending on what you are upgrading. So, you know, something might cost like a thousand gold to upgrade the first time. Um, and it'll, it'll go up the second time you want to upgrade the same thing. But then also as you upgrade the manor in total, there's also like a tax added onto it for each time you upgrade something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that tax for me is up like in the thousands and I'm like, this kind of, I'm getting like, on a really good run, I'm getting like 10,000 gold. So now I'm like, maybe one or two, or maybe three, if I'm real lucky, upgrades per run. And I'm yeah. like, these are not significant enough to like, keep me going. Right. Um, so mm. I've killed the first four bosses, and I'm at the fifth part, and I'm kind of eating shit a lot. And I'm like, I don't know, I, I might uh, I might level this off might- here. Yeah. Um, and I went and looked some stuff up, and people had, like, the same exact problem at the same exact spot I'm at, so I guess I don't feel too bad about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could definitely feel, like, where it levels off, and you're supposed to just kind of power through, or just keep chipping away by, like, doing runs of the other areas that don't matter as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that was caused by it being in early development for so long. Yeah, and, and early like, access? Yeah, I don't know. Early access, and, like people like oh they're just not done with the game so we're just like the people who are in early access and still playing it and giving feedback are probably just keep playing it and are naturally shipping away at that yeah and they feel good about it yeah and then like so by the time they like update the thing i was like oh yeah I, i just instantly got it because i've been grinding for the last five months (laughs) yeah yeah and uh yeah like i i don't know how much of that is from that but you know you think they would even it out a little bit to uh, ease the oncoming player base um but i mean it's still good like don't don't get me wrong i i liked that like first chunk i played of it um and i played a lot i i I don't i guess i'll look at how much i played i don't want to you don't have to molly <laughs> I, play, I played about 20 hours um and the uh, like 
three of those are me at the back end, like, I don't know. <laughs> so Yeah. That's um, still a good amount of time. It's a good amount of time, and I paid twenty bucks for it like a year ago. Um so yeah, I don't I don't feel bad about it by any means. Um It's pretty cool. If you want something to chip away at for a long time, <laughs> maybe try Rogue Legacy too. I don't know. Great. Yeah. Uh if you like roguelikes in that way. Um the yeah. writing is still bad because of course it is, but yeah, that's not why you're playing I, these games. I was gonna ask, like, yeah, like the the jokes in those games in the first one were like especially like dire. Yeah, farts are pretty funny, aren't they? Farts are funny. We you know all the weird stuff around disabilities and right. I didn't notice as much of that stuff. Yeah, um, I remember. I mean, from there's what some I... of it where there's like that one of the traits is like OCD. Um, but it's, uh, like framed as you, like when you break stuff in the background, like the little boxes and stuff, you get mana back. So it's not like a bad thing. It's just, you know, they called it OCD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that being something like I noticed when I first played the, uh, early access stuff of like, they definitely changed some of the more egregious names. Yeah. I, and I think that's fair. I also think if, um people liked Rogue Legacy, there would be more talk about it, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. It's not something that people think about, I don't think. Which yeah, is and fine. Yeah, a lot of the people who probably would talk about that also seem to be the kind of people who aren't big fans of Rogue Legacy in general. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I haven't noticed any, like, especially weird ones. I mean, there's some for, like, IBS, where it it, one of them like replaces your ability with a super fart or something like that. Sure, yeah. Which like, yeah, yeah. sure. Jokes, but, you know. I that love was the, super the last fart. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that's a well. You know, you got to keep it. It's very popular. I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so just little stuff like that, but um, still, if if you want a little roguelike where you're gonna be like digging out the same stuff for a long time, it's worth checking out. May as well. It's cheap. Roguelikes yeah. don't cost a lot of money most of the time. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you like roguelikes, you're really starred for options, so, I mean, yeah. what else What else are you going to yeah, play? Yeah, no, there's nothing you, else out if there. If you want to play a rogue, just go play Loop Hero, man. <laughs> Loop Hero is so much better than this game. Now, you see, I like roguelikes, but I don't think I would like Loop Hero. Okay, well, you're playing Enter the Gungeon still. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, And then I played a little more Teardown. Yeah. That game's okay. That game's I, I, okay. Yeah, that game's okay. I it's still breaking shit kind of fun. Breaking shit is kind of fun. Um, I I enjoyed. There was like one puzzle one where you could, um, the lady wanted you to blow up all of the propane tanks on this island, mm -hmm. but the specific ones that like the guy wasn't paying for anymore for her to like maintain or whatever. Oh shit. Um, but they're all like bolted to the wall. But if you're really careful, you can blowtorch the supports off the wall and like slowly drag all of the propane tanks to one place. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it took me half an hour to set up this like level just right so I could do it all. But man, it felt very satisfying at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're, if you are in like a mood where you're, you feel impatient, you want to like kind of play with a you know, kind of mid physics uh, situation. It's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. I, I think I like tear down better than rogue legacy too, though. My playtime wouldn't have you believe that uh -huh. I, yeah. I can only play tear down in like small doses. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah, it's a game that's like fun to like jump back into and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's one I've been like pecking at, and I don't usually play games like that, so um, uh, it's, it's really, been a weird. <laughs> it's really funny to me in that game how quickly you go into into just doing crimes. Oh, second oh, level, sure, yeah, second level, yeah. You're doing crime. Hell, first level is actually technically a crime. <laughs> um, yeah, you're a you're a failing detonation business. Yeah. yeah, demolition and, business, yeah, like, and you're and you're like uh, I think it's I think it's your mom who owns the business or something. Like messages yeah. you like you got to do something shady to keep those fucking lights on. Yeah, like it's the first thing is like you oh we got a call to demolish this house that's gonna be uh, shopping mall soon, and then so you do that and then like you get like the police contact you're like hey that was super legal but if you do this illegal thing for us. <laughs> Yes, right. the, cops, we'll yeah, the cops contact you and they're like, we'll help you, but uh, you gotta do some stuff for us. And uh, then it so. just becomes a, a self-fulfilling cycle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole game from there. There's like two guys who keep hiring you to get revenge on the other guy and they don't know that you're doing the job for the other guy. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. That guy stole my paintings! And, you, and you're like, yeah, that's crazy. And he's like, I need you to get them back. You're like, okay, I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I know what they look like. <laughs> I had a level, I just did the level with the food court, uh, where there's like a bunch of military equipment outside, and it's like, there is a festival going on in town. You have two minutes while the fireworks are going off to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> and so, there's like there's like four tanks you can just drive. And so I just, like, lined them up outside of this building, and then, like, you have time before the actual fireworks start going off to, like, set up the level just right so you could tear this place down. Mm. And then, like, I found a minigun inside of a crate, and so you can just, like, shoot it at the walls, and they just start crumbling. It's great. Yeah. Delightful little game. There's also a really great workshop scene around it. Uh, Yeah. I would recommend downloading the uh, airplane I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, I've heard the airplane I, one's cool. Because you can... It's in midair, and it's pressurized. I'll have to I'll have to check that out, because I, I, I want to play more of this game, but, like, the main campaign stuff is dragging a little bit for me. Uh, so I, I might poke around in there and see what else other people have made. I also think the game is gorgeous. Yeah, it, I, it, great it does its... It does its look very well. And the lighting is really good too. So agreed. Um, I feel like I did something else I was gonna talk about, but I forgot. Oh, I started watching *Common Rider* build. I'm like ten episodes in. Just decided to do that on a whim because I was depressed. I was like, I don't want to play any more video games. Uh huh. How those boys? Like, uh, they're fucking gay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even. Them. They're not even gay yet, and my god. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm at the part where the where one of the boys is going to become also a common writer. Sorry if that's mm. spoilers for people watching Common Rider Build, but the second boy was going to become a common writer the whole time, so I don't yeah, I really mean, think I need to be uh, feeling bad about that. Yeah, I think people know how Common Rider works at this point. Common Rider in episode one becomes an enemy of the state, and I was like, okay, damn. All right. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, anyway, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Oh god, I went for so long. Sorry. Anyway, no, you're fine. You're good. No, you're it's good. fine. Listen, I don't think we'll talk much about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we will certainly get through it. I also have some questions from people. Uh, in in addition to the ones you got, Ashley. Okay. 
Today we are covering Twin Peaks episode 23, a.k.a. Twin Peaks episode 22, a.k.a. Twin Peaks season 2 episode 15, a.k.a. Slaves and Masters. Alright, this shit sucks. Okay, bye everyone. <laughs> We open on some <laughs> ominous shots of a chessboard. That's right. It's so many shots of an ominous chessboard. See, I don't know if you've considered this, but a chessboard, a game of chess, can be used as a metaphor for any kind of intellectual struggle between two opponents. I've, I've heard this said before. Such as, for instance, the struggle between a master criminal and a master detective. These I, MFs just heard of metaphors, and they're losing it. <laughs> this, I, like, these aren't even good shots of a chessboard. It is, like, just really zoomed-in shots of pieces uh, in, like, a dark room. I guess this is part of it. Like, usually when we have some, like, weird shot to open yeah. the episode, it's usually cooler than this. Sure. There's also a point I, where they zoom in on the Black Queen, and then they superimpose another Black Queen over it? Yes. Yeah, I was, like, watching this, and I'm like, alright, I don't wanna, like, everyone is saying, like, oh yeah, Diane Keaton fucking sucked in this one. And I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna go in, like, with, like, a, cause, you know, I've talked about, like, oh, you know, interesting directing choices, and sure. cinematography and stuff. Like, I'm gonna come in with an open mind and see if, like, what I can, and then it starts with this, I'm like, alright. <laughs> It feels a lot, I don't, I'm not familiar with Diane Keaton's uh, body of directorial work. It doesn't look like she's done much other than, like, TV shows. Yeah, uh, and, like, TV movies. Yeah. It feels a lot like, we joked about, uh, like, some ten episodes ago, about the one episode where someone was trying to ape David Lynch's style. Oh, where That's they were, like, zooming like in on Donna's mouth. Yes. Yeah, like, this, David Lynch does a lot of, like, slow crossfades and weird, like, superimpositions, and, like, this episode's got a lot of that, but it just kind of feels like it happens at random. This opening, to me, feels a lot like the opening that, like, a bit that they would have in an SNL Twin Peaks parody. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Where it's like, what's something that we can film super quick? Yeah. Doesn't cost a lot of money, but, like, it feels Twin Peaksy enough. Right. Chessboard. Chessboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's goofy and not in the good way. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, why do they superimpose that uh, queen over the queen? I don't get I it. Don't, what the I fuck is going know. on here? Uh, we cut from the Black Queen to Evelyn Marsh in Black Morning Garb. It's It's almost like she's the Black Queen of this chess game. It is so funny that she is wearing this just for the police to be there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ma'am, you are not even at the funeral. (laughs) It, yeah. Which, you know, honestly, I I respect on some level. Right. Uh, Yeah, her brother lover is... uh, Talk, I'm not gonna learn his fucking name. <laughs> what, what do you mean? What you don't you don't know Malcolm's name? Everyone's favorite Twin Peaks character, Malcolm. I mean, nope. I even said it already. <laughs> so, yeah, still don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah um, I don't. I don't either. 
Yeah, Malcolm's talking to, like, a cop, and it's good to know that Andes exist everywhere in life. <laughs> everywhere! This man does not know how to spell Jaguar! Like, <laughs> Jaguar. J-A-G-W-E. A car. Uh, you mean a car. Okay, got it. Yeah. I'm yeah, glad that no one corrects him. They're giving him this story, you know, what they've agreed on. They're setting up James to have, uh, you know, killed Mr. Marsh, but... Evelyn seems like she's perhaps having second thoughts. She seems distraught and yeah. distant. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then the cops all leave in sync. It's incredible. I love this. I want to know about these cops also. <laughs> yeah. Because then they're at the bar later, and it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, yeah, like, these, superimposing these the queen... These are a hive mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. I guess that's part of it. superimposing the queen over the queen, they really, like, anytime you see Evelyn, they will superimpose a shot of her on, like, looking sad over top of herself. Yeah. Well, I, I think part of it is, like, I think it's less goofy if you superimpose Evelyn over, like, the Black Queen in that intro, or you have a better fade if you don't fade to black first and then right. start... It's like, it's just weird choices like that that make it less good. Yeah, no. Like I if agree. you're gonna do the thing, just do the fucking thing. It's listen, yeah, it's clunky and weird. I think it's kind of funny how sloppy it is. So I was having a good time, but I get like I'm not gonna defend it. Yeah, and like uh, I mean, there is still some of that when the show is bad, right? right? Like there's all these delightful little touches, but they're happening around this dog shit stuff that's happening. Right. Like, Pete being a chess grandmaster should be the greatest... This should be the greatest episode of television in history. This episode doesn't deserve that scene, you're saying. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're back at Hideout Wally's, and uh, yeah, like we said, there's a bunch of cops just all smoking cigars, and they're all, like, posed in the exact same way at the bar. As uh, Donna drags... is that immediately right now? Fuck. Yeah, 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 it is. It's so good. <laughs> Donna drags James into a corner where she thinks they're alone and starts being like, hey, so did you kill that guy or what? Like, no, I didn't kill him. I got framed. And then, like, the bartender just walks up in between them. Hey, you guys want anything? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Also, they, there's, like, a weird painting in the background. Yeah. Also, James is the dumbest person to ever live. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hey, why does this random guy from Wally's know Donna's name and last name? Wait, when does she? When does he say Donna's name? He walks up behind her after like he gets between them and says, "Hey, Miss Hayward, are you sure you don't want anything?" Oh, does he? He says Miss Hayward at one point. Huh? Okay. Maybe she. Maybe he checked her ID. Maybe I guess. Yeah. But then he would kick her out because she's not old enough to drink <laughs> at the bar. Right. Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Who knows? It's just weird. It's just a weird thing that comes up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, James like, no, I just gotta go back to Evelyn and talk to her. I'm sure if I can talk to her, we can straighten this all out. And I was like, D- you dumb motherfucker, the cops are looking for you. You cannot do that. All you have done this whole time is talk to her, James. I can't help but notice. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> uh, as they like, no, no, no I can get her to listen. She'd listen to me, Donna. And I was like, why are you so sure she'd listen to you? Oh, you fucked her. Oh, god damn it. All right, well, I'm going to go call your dad. <laughs> Not your real dad. <laughs> your fake dad, uncle. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm sorry. James's dad is a musician. It's shameful. I forgot. Yeah, how could you? He's certainly not Big Ed. Big Ed wouldn't raise a boy like this. <laughs> 
God, I forgot his, his dumb shit. <laughs> Tragic backstory. Well, he hasn't my had dad, to hit on any women lately. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, she likes to go over to the next town over, and his mom probably comes to hide out Wally's. He, he learned it from watching her. <laughs> I don't know, James. Maybe your mom just wants to get on her motorcycle and just drive into the pitch blackness until it just takes her. Right. You ever think about that, asshole? Yeah. I, I, again, I think I said this when we first learned it. No, looking at James, I can understand. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to get away from things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Donna like calls Ed and starts telling him what's going on. But then a cop walks in, so she's got to pretend like she's just talking to like one of her friends about a boy or something. Who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and then all the cops like move as one. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> and that was like another like okay like. Just the same way that, like, all FBI agents that, like, we're supposed to like are... Stand yeah. users. Yeah. Stand users. Like, all cops in this world are weirdos. Right. Uh, we cut to the sheriff's office by way of, like, a chessboard right in front of the camera. But now the white side of the board's in front, so we know these are the good guys. Oh my god, we get it. <laughs> You see, chess can be used as a metaphor for the dichotomy between good and evil, Molly. <sighs> Much like a traffic light can represent. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but what does the yellow one mean? <laughs> uh, Cooper and Truman are interviewing Bobby and Shelly about the shit with Leo. Um, and, uh,. Bobby's really just being a shit, as he is. He's got a lighter he's playing with now. Yeah. He's got a cool hat. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, he has a hat. Let's not... Yeah. He he is just fully becoming Leo. Uh-huh. Did Leo have hats? I don't know. It just seems like some... Like, it just seems like his outfit right here is something that Leo would wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they basically just explained that Leo went nuts and ran off into the woods. And Truman's like, okay, well, that's fucked up. I will put some deputies around to guard you. And Bobby's like, hey, hey, you don't got to worry about it. I'm going to take care of Shelly. We're together, Truman. So, also, yeah, Hank listen. shot Leo that one night. That that was one mystery that we all kind of forgot you didn't know about. But I guess now I'm tell you right now. Yeah. the script says I'm finally allowed to tell you that. So here you go. Yeah. And just, like, further, like, oh, okay, well, we'll never see Hank again. Yep. So they leave, kind of a nothing scene, but then Albert comes on in. My god, I was screaming. I was hooting and hollering. I, yeah, I, to give this episode and, you know, Shelly the, the littlest of faint praise I can. Yeah. I do like the bit where, like, yeah, Bobby's like, listen, we don't need no fucking protection. And she's, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to. And she's like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because every other man in my life has disappointed me. Right. And then when Albert comes into the room, Bobby is leaving. He goes, get a life, punk. <laughs> he looks at Bobby, says, get a life, punk. And then walks over and, like, gives Truman a big bear hug. Bro, they fucked it out. Uh, love Albert. <laughs> I love I Albert. I love Albert. How did he become the, the best character on the show so quickly? How did he do it? Because <laughs> he stopped being mean to Lucy. 
Yeah, every time he shows up, I'm like, my god, this man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think this episode has too many redeeming qualities, even if there's, like, bad stuff in it. Yeah, no, totally. But the but the parts that suck really suck. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. I, again, this is not the worst thing we've watched on this show. Definitely. But, like, you know, overall on Twin Peaks, eh. It's, it's pretty bottom tier. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Albert comes in to explain some details of the Wyndham Earl case. Uh, Wyndham Earl mailed out a bunch of packages that looked like mail bombs to different police departments, each one containing part of Caroline's bridal outfit. Yeah. Weirdo shit. And when you connect all the police departments on a map, it spells the letter C. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that part. I was like, okay. Yeah. It's Great. dumb. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, uh, all the Wyndham Earl stuff just all feels like the most, like, <sighs> like, what people make jokes about, like, the, like, the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes. Uh, the show really wants you to think Wyndham Earl is a badass criminal mastermind, and he's an absolute fucking clown. Yeah, and he's I- a goddamn monkey when you get to him. <laughs> right. I am kind of entertained a lot by, how, like, the bad mismatch there, but, like, it is not the effect they're going for. No, but I, it is, yeah, it is a mismatch still. It's yeah. a mismatch. It just, the, it wouldn't be as bad if they weren't selling it so hard. They really, like, every line of dialogue about Wyndham Earl is like, he, you don't understand, Truman. You, you just don't get what he's capable of. He's the most brilliant criminal that's ever lived. And then you get to him, and he's just playing the flute in his long johns and beating Leo yes, with a like, stick. <laughs> it's so stupid. I get that he's supposed to be sick and twisted, bro. <laughs> yeah, twisted. He's fucked up in the head. But this just sucks. It's not even like... Oh, it's just not even... I I prefer to... Because if, if, when he shows at the end of the last episode, he's like a dude in a suit sitting in front of a chessboard. I'm like, okay, let's let this man say his piece. Right. <laughs> and then he does this, and I'm like, never mind. I don't want to hear him talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, Whereas, this episode... See, this I want to hear him has, talk. I just think it sucks. Has so many bits. He's yeah. They cannot stop giving him bits. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Like you know, he's a chess guy. Ah, oh, we're bored of that now. He's a flute guy. Ah, he's a, flute he's a shot guy. collar guy. He's a samurai what? guy. Yeah, like did you know? Like and then like and now I'm going to put on a little disguise. He's also a master of disguise. They give him a new gimmick every single scene he's in. Yeah, it's it sucks. It's, yeah. See, for me, it sucks complimentary. No, this is it, it, no, this is sucks derogatory all the way down. Yeah, for me, this is sucks derogatory. But like, I get it. I get where you're coming from, Luke. Yeah. But like, if this was in a like parody of these kind of shows, right? Totally. This would fucking rule. Listen, it, much like you were saying about the intro, this feels like an SNL parody of a serial killer guy to yeah. me. And yes. I. I do laugh and clap at it, so I don't know. It, it, it's a key. <laughs> I don't know if you sketch. really want to like admit that like you really like SNL. I'm not, listen, no, I'm this, okay. I've walked into a, <laughs> a stepped onto a bit of a rake here. I, I can see. Listen, I just gave you an out of saying it's more like a key and peel sketch. Sure. No, no, I'm not. I'm not letting him get the out. No, no, no. You said SNL. Right. I've admitted to enjoying Wyndham Merle. I deserve some punishment. <laughs> <laughs> this That's is funny SNL. This is just. 
the worst first. Well, yeah, I mean, like the Lonely Island was there for a while. Anyway, this is like the worst like first impression you could make after a decent first impression last episode. Yes, no, I I agree. <laughs> he Windham Earl is a shitty little bullshit man. He's just a little gremlin, derogatory. Yeah. The music as we transition over to his cabin is like this weird synth. And we see him playing a flute, and somehow the synth soundtrack is coming out of this handcrafted flute. Yeah. And, like, he's trying to match his finger movements to the soundtrack, but they didn't worry that much about syncing it up, right? No. No, not at all. The uh, other... I also... Yeah, go ahead, Ashley. You go ahead. I was going to say, the other, like, wrinkle to this is him torturing Leo, who yeah. may or may not be mentally competent at this point. Yeah, Leo does not seem like he is all there anymore. No, and that is distressing. And while Leo is a very bad man who maybe deserves his bad fate, right? Uh, this is still Doesn't rather uncomfortable to, to watch. Yes, yes. yes. I that uh, is reasonable. He, everything with Wyndham Earl is so fucking clownish that like I have a hard time taking it seriously enough to be disturbed by it. But I get where you're coming from. It's mm. it's uh, it's kind of what season two has been of putting. What was kind of like stuff that the show treated uh, seriously? Yeah. Next to crazy bullshit that's like for fun. Right. No, right. See, the real problem here is there's this dichotomy of he's a silly little bullshit man, but also they want me to believe so badly that he's a sick, twisted master criminal. Yes. And it just it just doesn't line up at all. If they were not selling this so fair. hard on like the Cooper and Harry side, right. it would probably like land a lot better. But they are really trying to sell it. Yeah, honestly, yeah. The thing I like least about Wyndham Earl is how much Cooper fucking sucks his dick every time he talks about him. Right. Cooper should yeah. not think this guy is cool. Yeah. Is number one. He ch- and also again, I still don't know why he's playing his little game. But right. Yeah, I I understand that this was a mentor and it's a big deal. But like, come on, man. Come on! Now. It, it, it does he not. Murdered, he murdered the woman you loved. They have completely failed at what they are attempting to go for with Windham Earl. Yes, yes. Uh, I was gonna say one thing I really love in this Albert scene is when he uh, imitates Gordon. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As he's so succinctly put, I'm worried about Cooper. Yeah. Even fucking <laughs> Miguel Ferrer's in on doing the Gordon Cole impression. No one can resist. No one can resist. It's just it's good too shit. much fun. Yeah, again, it's just like, it's like, ah, I love when you're shitty, Albert. You're so good. Yeah. Uh, d- d- that, it's always funny to make fun of Italians meme, except it's always funny to make fun of Gordon Cole. Right. <laughs> it's uh, funny every time. Yeah, fuck it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, we we transition over to Wyndham Earl's cabin. He, Leo wakes up and... We don't get to spend a lot of time here because, like you said, it's you know it's a little rough to watch as he's yeah. We basically like, already have explained. <laughs> we have already yeah. Done we we pretty scene. much run through the yeah. scene, but like basically, he threatens to beat uh, Leo with his flute that he made. Uh, was it y'all I was talking about or Chelsea who pointed out that you know Cooper made a little whistle when he came to Twin Peaks? That, we know yeah, when the girl is his mentor because he made a whole damn flute. Yeah, that's small. Yeah, that yeah, yeah I pointed that. out the connection. Okay, okay, I didn't remember who I had that conversation yeah. with. Yeah, just, God, the scene where it's Wyndham Earl, like, looking at, like, Leo's file, and there's, like, a bald eagle, and he's, like, in, like, old-timey, like, fucking pajamas. He's got, like, long johns on. Yeah, and it's supposed to be, like, I'm twisted. Uh (laughs) It's like, no, fuck off. Right. 
They wa- they really want this guy to be Hannibal Lecter. And yeah, he's just not. He's yeah. just not. Nope. Uh, he puts a shot collar on Leo so that he can, like, electrocute him and force him yeah. to do his bidding as his henchman. It, it, yeah, it kind of almost, uh, he says, like, oh, it was meant for someone else. I just took it as it meant that it was for Cooper. Sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He also does work that flute like it's a, a very phallic symbol. He sure does stroke that flute a lot. Yeah. Um, but then, oh, yeah. Maybe speaking, nice bamboo. Sure. Yeah. Speaking of phallic symbols. <laughs> yeah, we cut over Big to... Uh, <laughs> Big Ed and Norma in bed, having fucked for the... F- they almost treat this like it's the first time they fucked, and that cannot be true. It might I, be true. I think I think it's the first time they fucked in a long time. It's definitely the first time they fucked in a long time. At least since high school, probably. Yeah, maybe. I think they've just been making, like, sad kissy faces at each other for 25 years. But they were, like, meeting up in secret at the roadhouse and stuff at the start of season one. I know, I think they were making sad kissy faces at each other for 25 years. I thought they were fucking until Hank got out of prison and decided that wasn't safe anymore. No, I I, I mean, maybe. But, like, also, it would would not surprise me if if they were both, like, not uh, allowing themselves that. Yeah, I I guess that's true. I think they will have... A like, like, like they will break and like have a like you know night of steamy sex, and then feel bad about it for the next five years. Sure, yeah, okay, yeah, I can case. see that. Uh, and yeah, they're just talking back and forth with each other about like all like the Christmases they've missed spending together, and you know it's. It's all right. I, again, I'm a sucker for Norma and Ed. I like them. Yeah. Yeah, I like them together, but also shut up, you guys. You're going to do it now. Get over it. Yeah, right. Move on. Stop yeah, Norma tells a story about last year she got Ed a Christmas present and came over to give it to him, but then, like, couldn't bring herself to knock on the door and, like, saw him and Nadine through the window and just had to, you know, just turn away. And then uh, old Nadine comes in. Yeah, they hear Nadine come in, and as like, nah, listen, don't go anywhere. We just should tell her the truth now. I'm not fucking, I'm not fucking around with this anymore. And it, Nadine, it, it's, best to, it's it's best to tell her when she is mentally incapable of understanding. <laughs> Nadine jumps into bed with them, not really even seeming to register what's going on. She's got a second place trophy from the wrestling tournament. Yeah, like now she is acting like Ed and is like her dad. Kinda, yeah, yeah, but then, like, by the end of it, she's like, oh, I know what's going on with you guys, but it's okay. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna break this trophy, and you're gonna, like, go, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she just explains, like, uh, oh, I got all the way to the finals, but then it turns out that, you know, the pro wrestling moves spin. are illegal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really funny, honestly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, yeah, she kind of gets up, and is just like, well... Listen, I, I know about you two, but I want you to know it's okay. I'm okay with it. Because this means I can go out with Mike. And they're like, wait, um... Huh, okay, well... Okay then, I guess. <laughs> this, yep. is, this, to me, is the plot where I'm the most like, this is still going on, huh? Yeah, no, I, I was like that forever. Like yeah. I told you, this is going to episode 21 this season. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. This is not even the most uncomfortable subplot in this episode, which is impressive. No, no, totally. It's just, yeah, I'm, it's yeah, just, no, yeah. 
it, it's got scene, one note and they keep playing it. This scene goes on a pretty good amount of time longer than it probably should. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you have yeah, like have that whole Ed and Norma scene, which I like. Right. And like their talk, and then you get like yeah, a lot of Nadine. Yeah, I have like I have like legitimately enjoyed exactly two teen Nadine scenes. The one where she kills a man and the one where they're like at the double R and she like cuts her hands open talking about right. how happy she is. Other than that, it's just like I I get it. She's a super teen. Stop it. I mean, it. They, they do the same thing here where she says she's really happy with Mike and then twists the fucking trophy's head off. Like, it's yes, just totally. the same thing again. Right, it's the same thing again. You already yeah. did that one. But yeah. also, it still feels like they're not going anywhere with this. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're not doing anything with it's it. It's just Whatever. spinning its wheels. Uh, we cut over to the mill mansion where Truman and Cooper are talking to Josie about uh. Jonathan being killed. And she's and like, oh my god, you can't believe it was me, can you? Right. I know I was the only one with him, but and yet... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up with this table with so many holes in it? You know, it's like a fancy, like, it was just cut from a tree. I've seen that kind of thing. I yeah, have too, no. but those are big-ass holes. Yeah. Yeah, they usually will, like, fill them with some cord. That's true, they like, fill them with, like, lucite or something to make it, like, a yeah. solid table. Yeah. Yeah. It's big-ass holes, I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. Big-ass holes. Uh, uh, Cooper goes to get another cup of coffee and checks the percolator because, god damn it, you never know at Pete's place anymore. Yeah. Hey, I'm curious about this background set dressing in Pete's house. Why does he just have 80 gigantic cans of spinach and then a bunch of ketchup? Doomsday prepper. You know what? I'm looking at it. It's Popeye brand spinach. Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, again, doomsday prepper. God bless Pete. <laughs> I know. I love this man. What a delightful, what a delightful guy. the goat. Uh, Speaking of which, he comes in with all of Josie's dry cleaning, which he he agreed to go pick up because as, uh, you know, Catherine's weird slave, Josie doesn't have the time to go get it herself. Yeah. And And yeah, there's just a, like, had to talk to the, you know, dry cleaner for 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, because she doesn't speak any English. She's Bulgarian. Uh, yeah. And yeah, eventually Pete gives uh, Cooper all the clothes and walks off, and uh, Cooper notices a Vicuna coat among among them. Yeah, and it's like, all right, now we're going to wrap up this subplot. Hey, <laughs> remember that time I got shot? Nobody else does. They kind of just let it go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, yeah, like, I was, like, editing up, so I'm like, right! You would, Cooper you got would think you like, at the end of episode, uh, season one, you'd think that who shot Cooper would be a pretty major plot in season two. Yeah. And um, I think it came up once and before now. Well, we, early on in the season, we were like, it's cool that, like, they keep having Cooper be, like, hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even, but, like, then, like, that goes away, and then, like, yeah, it just hasn't been any mention of it for the last like 10 episodes or so yeah totally i was um i was thinking about like the timeline of this thing cooper's only been in twin peaks for like three weeks well this episode yeah 20 something so yeah about three weeks and there's like a three-day skip in there at some point but even still it's been less than a month since laura palmer died yep this is wild (laughs) it sure is 
A lot of, like, you know, for such a sleepy, quiet town, a lot of stuff sure does happen in Twin Peaks. Yeah, and I, I, I you know, this is like TV time or whatever, totally. but it's still so strange because they do frame it as like an episode per day sometimes, so. Yeah. Um, and like, I think in this episode, multiple days happen, but, yeah, you know, Yeah, they've whatever. kind of gotten away from that strict formatting they used to have. Yeah. Where were we in the episode? I've, I've lost track. Uh, yeah, so Cooper has the threads from the Vicuna coat, and then uh, Josie gets a phone call oh, at the mill yes. mansion. And Thomas Eckert is here to speak with her. My god, he's so British. I think he's South African. Yeah. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. The only nationality eviler than British for a white guy to be. God, that's true. <laughs> uh... But yeah, he's like, ah, oh, Josie, I'm so glad to see you. Uh, glad to hear from you. I can't wait to meet up with you now that I'm in Twin Peaks. <laughs> and then Catherine picks up the phone and is like, oh, Mr. Eckert, well, we've been expecting you. Oh, yes, we'll have to arrange a meeting. And he's like, god damn it. He's like, she's at Catherine's house? Yeah. Damn, hey, that shit know- sucks. You know, we've got Ben doing this whole Civil War thing, and you know what would just fit right in with that whole pastiche is, you remember how he has a different kid other than Audrey that likes to wear, like, Native American stuff? That'd fit right in with all that, right? I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this at all. Yeah. Well. I, I was, I was distraught. I'm like, you guys really brought him back for real? Yeah. For this? For this? Yeah, Johnny's here now, and he's just rocking back and forth in his, his like, war bonnet, and, uh, does not- he seems upset by everything going on. He's not having a good time. Not having a good time by everybody shouting and yelling loudly and, like, singing. Just, like, no, stop it. Like, either, like, give that character an ounce of, like, interiority, or just- like, yeah, forget he's on the show, please. I liked it. Yeah, go back to forgetting he's on the show. They haven't shown him since, like, episode four or five of season one. Yeah, they... Go back to forgetting he exists. They treat him like a piece of set dressing in, like, every episode he's in, except for kind of the funeral episode, sort of. Yeah, and not even then, not really. Even then, not really. <laughs> yeah. It just sucks, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they, Dr. Jacoby, uh, decided that what Ben really needs is some interaction with other people, and all that's led to is now a bunch of the Great Northern staff have, like, drums, and, he'd, like, they're all and fucking everyone drawn has in. to participate in his LARP. Yeah, uh-huh. And, uh, Jerry kind of takes Audrey aside, and he's like, oh, you know, I mean, honestly, he's kind of more fun like this, what's the problem? And Audrey's like, well, okay, idiot. I want him back to normal for reasons I've never actually elaborated on. And if he's not competent, I'm the one who gets control of all his assets, so you should probably help me, stupid. I think she knows that she can control her dad. Yeah. Uh, especially now that she knows that he did all this illegal shit. Yeah. Well, like, if she's right that, like, she gets power of attorney over him and gets all of his stuff if he's, like, not mentally competent... I mean, like she says, she wins either way. What does she care? Uh, I think she's just not done blackmailing him. Yeah, that's fair. Also, I I do think part of this is like, well, that is my dad. I guess I should be yeah. nice to, to my father. Yeah, I, I guess. But given all the stuff she's done with her dad this season, you know. 
oh, listen, it's not compelling, but I think sure. it is what they're going for. I think you're right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Dr. Jacoby seems to have some kind of plan. Uh, I do like Bobby comes in in his Confederate uh, uniform and goes, Hey, guys, sorry I'm late. A bunch of bikers tried to beat me up for this. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. Good they for thought, those bikers. They thought my coat was cool. Or the <laughs> dweebiest thing in the world. Of, like bikers are like, fuck you for wearing a southern coat. Yeah. God, yeah. Uh, also, him later going, I thought the South, South lost, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, Bobby, have you not been paying attention? We're trying to... He's got to reverse history so he can reverse his own history. Come on. Yes. Uh, I like that Bobby has a bugle and cannot play it, but that does not stop him from trying. He's trying. (laughs) There's a few, like, records of uh, orchestras where they gave, like, the wrong instrument to everyone. Uh Uh-huh. And that's one of those. (laughs) That's pretty fun. Uh, Yeah, they sing Dixie again, because can't get enough of that. And we go back to Hideout Wally's. Uh, get some more weird superimposed shots of Evelyn over herself as she's. Why is she here? Well, she to get drunk. I guess I think she has booze at home. <laughs> I mean, she does seem like she comes in drunk, and the bar's closed. So yeah, I don't yeah. know what she's doing. Yeah, um, and also, I, like, I just don't understand any of this. No, why know, is Donna still here? Yeah, and where did James go? Yeah, yeah. And this, how, this why did she let seems... James leave? Like, yeah, this all just seems like a, why is everyone still here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then fucking Malcolm comes in and threatens Donna. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, she's just sad. Mostly, Donna's just sad. Like, damn, don't do this to my boy. Right. No, they're like, like, we're ah, gonna... Yeah, you're sad. When, you, when you're old like me we're gonna in, do like, this five to your years, <laughs> then you'll get it. <laughs> Y'all there? Oh, what? Hello? Hello? What? Can you hear me? Okay, there we go. Okay. Oh, sorry. And yeah, I'm just like, ah, oh, there was a good reason for us to be alive, to, to have crawled out of the primordial crap, I'd know it, so just save it, sister. I'm going home with Malcolm. Yeah. And then, yeah, Malcolm threatens to kill Donna, like you're saying, and yeah, who cares? <laughs> Again, the plot's kind of Outstate it's welcome. It's so it's so crazy how this episode has how is this plot still going? And then immediately why does this plot end like that? <laughs> <laughs> right, it either continues a plot or ends a plot and it does bad at both. <laughs> and it does both things twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the the threads from the same coat and the drawing of the lady who killed uh, killed the guy. It looks exactly like Josie. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So Josie shot Cooper and Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> the chessboard is in the way of the projector Albert's using, so it's cast on the the projection. And I don't know if you've picked up on this yet, but chess is sort of a metaphor for what's <laughs> going on in this episode. I um I. <laughs> <laughs> You see, this um, might seem like a mundane episode of television, but it's got a bit of a chess side. A little bit. A little bit of a chess side. 
But yeah, Josie Josie shot Cooper, I guess. Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have no fucking idea why. Guess we'll figure that one out later. Or not. I doubt it. Say. <laughs> uh... Anyway, yeah, they agree. Like, okay, we can't talk to Truman about this until we know for sure that Josie's the culprit. Now we're just like, yeah, listen, he's dumb as a rock, but I do love him, so I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to hurt him. He he says like, I do. I can have sympathy for the the normal and the dull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but nah, he does think like he's hearts. a yeah. His heart's in the right place. It's 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 kind of sweet, and then also he's an asshole. But that's that's Albert. That's Albert that's for you. That's his love language. <laughs> Yeah, it's all uh, language. Anyway, there's like another bit of where it's like, oh, we found out the name of the transient. His name is like blah 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 Powell. I'm like Powell. That was Catherine's maiden name. Oh my god! My god, god he's planned everything. <laughs> so cringe. Anyway, you don't understand, Truman. We're playing Wyndham Earl's game, whether we like it or not. We have to play this chess game, and every time he captures a piece, he kills somebody. And I just, I just never been able to beat him, Truman. You don't get it. And he says, <laughs> and "Well, then, like, and yeah, and then they are like, well, we have a the most good chess player of all time. Yes, if you need a chess expert, I got great news. Smash cut to Pete beating uh, Toad Cooper and Doc Hayward at chess simultaneously." I gotta say, again, the best shit ever. <laughs> I, again, this should be the greatest episode of television in history. Right now, if there's chessboards in heaven, Jose's sitting next to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, I love Pete so goddamn much. He's he's being wasted. He, Every yeah. time we see him, he's being wasted. He is perfection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh anyway, yeah, Cooper explains to Pete, okay, well, clearly you're better at chess than I am. Uh better than anybody, the greatest, some might say. I love you, Pete. Where was I? Right. Wyndham Earl. So we need so you I, to play a I chess game. I want you game. to make a stalemate. <laughs> right. Instead of beating him, we need you to stalemate the game without any pieces being taken from either side. Can you do that? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, give me a hard job to do, Cooper. <laughs> Yeah. I also feel like I know it's his whole gimmick. Right. He probably kills people and then does the chess. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. He's uh, like, ah, that guy was like a pawn. Uh, that person was a rook. Right, right. We know he hasn't quite yet picked his queen. Right, well, we're going to get there in one sec. First, we have, yeah. to, we have to have a nice little scene between Shelly and Norma. Yeah, Shelly comes into the double R and kind of kneels down with Norma, who's cleaning some stuff, and is just like, well, hey, my husband ran off into the woods and is either dead or killing people again. Uh, can I come back to work? And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you for this food. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is an oasis in the... <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they gave one to the Norma Shelley shippers. It's true. Uh, but yeah. then uh, Truman takes... They're friends! It's nice! <laughs> yeah, they're very sweet. 
And then Truman takes an orbit back and explains that, you know, we're going to charge Hank with the murder of Leo Johnson. Break parole. Don't worry. You're not going to see him. He's going away for a long time. Norma, I just want to let you know, we wrote Hank off of the show. A lot of people don't like him, and I don't know why. He's pretty fun. We're never uh, going to see I, him again. Th- now, I hear you, but this also makes me think, like, okay, they're saying this enough that I'm like, he's going to show back up and do, like, one more thing. Again, I honestly it's don't possible, remember. Yeah, he, no, it's completely yeah. possible he doesn't. But, like, the yeah. way they're talking about him does make it sound like he's going to do one last evil deed. He, he totally could. This is not me trying to do, like, a fake out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. you when you say you don't remember the last half of this season, Luke. Because you know what? I might not when we're done with it. Yeah, you're starting to see why it might not be that memorable. Well, you know, if we have another uh, ten episodes of Wind Tomorrow, I don't, I don't know if I got that. Hey, in me. well, another I'll seven say. episodes of Wind Tomorrow. Yeah, not great. By but the way, how many uh, episodes of Wind Tomorrow we got? It's uh, seven. Hmm. Uh, by the way, Diane Keaton, uh, her big trick for cinematography this episode is shooting people through windows. She does really like shooting people through windows. Also, just the there's so many more of the, like, interstitial cuts with, like, the, oh, the trees are rustling. Oh, it's Yeah, but the then also moon. we're gonna, like, superimpose another thing over, like, the yeah, moon the, over the, the moon trees. moon is over the trees, my god. Again, it really feels like she's like, well, okay, Twin Peaks has, like, some weird direction in it. I gotta just, like, throw everything I can at the fucking wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Uh, nothing is sticking, ma'am. Yeah. You know, I, I, A for effort. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Eh, like C unfortunately, for effort. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I have to watch the damn thing, so no, I'm not really going to afford anything here. I'm just saying, I can feel her trying. Ah, she's done up at a job. <laughs> so, yeah, we cut to that night at the Mill Mansion. Thomas Eckert has been invited over for dinner by Catherine. And this is the scene you were talking about, Molly, where, yeah, they are discussing the terms with which Catherine will surrender Josie over to Thomas while she's making Josie serve them food and drinks. Yep. Sucks, yeah, and like, yeah, when he walks in, you could just see that Josie is like, oh, Jesus, oh, God, no, no, no. <laughs> this scene yeah. is the most fucking... We've talked about how they have just completely turned Josie into, like, a wounded puppy. The Josie from, like, late season one, where it turned out she was evil, would be, like, sharpening a knife in the kitchen. Like, the guy yeah. she hates the most is sitting at a table with his back to her. Yeah. And she's not and, doing like, shit. In, she just killed Jonathan, apparently. Yeah, like, in this episode, they're like, oh, Josie, she's a, uh, you know, she, like, killed them all. Like, you know, she's a, uh, you know, a killer. Right. And then she's, like, right next to that, it's like... Oh, I, I guess I gotta. I guess I gotta pour you some wine. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. jeez. I get that. Like this man has probably controlled her for her whole life. Right. However, you cannot juxtapose. You cannot put these things next to each other. Like within moments, I feel totally. like. Especially because yeah. she killed his guy. She just yeah. killed his guy. Yeah. It, it makes theory. no sense whatsoever. Um. It's. Like, yeah, like, it means something if it were, like, oh, like, she used to be this evil and then has, like, been broken down. But, like, like you're saying, like, it just happened that she killed the dude and yeah. tried to kill Cooper. And again, like, uh, the, the Josie like if, Catherine if, stuff as could be so much. Think, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Like, as we're supposed to, I don't know for sure she killed Cooper, but, like, that's what we're supposed to think at this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, supposed to think she shot him at the very least. Right. Yes. But no, just the Josie Cooper stuff, or Josie uh, Catherine stuff could be so much fun 
if they just were constantly getting one over on each other instead of just like, well, Catherine did it once and now she wins forever. Like, no, yeah. now I'm bored of Catherine winning. She needs to lose again. She needed to lose again like five episodes ago. Yeah. Like, again, this is some fighting championship ship shit. She needs to be on the, the back pedal. Yeah. Um, but hey, uh, Diane saw that uh, Evelyn's actress could do smoke tricks, so we're gonna get those for a minute. Yeah, we're gonna get some slow motion smoke rings. Yeah, sure, man. I guess. Yeah, whatever. Man, you just said Diane, like, first name alone. Remember when, like, Cooper used to, like, talk to Diane and that was kind of a fun quirk? Oh, yeah. I feel I like that kind of didn't happen anymore. Diane. Yeah. I guess well, he did. No, it happened. It was recently with, um, with Denise. Okay. You're right, but even he that was, was just tell like, her, Diane, yeah. remind me, I gotta tell you about Denise sometime. Like, we haven't got any goofy Cooper monologues to Denise, you know, to, or That's Diane, true. you know? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I, mi- I miss that element of it. Anyway, Evelyn just blowing her smoke rings. Yep. It's very funny to me that there's a lot of slow motion in this episode, but they couldn't afford to do the slow motion, like, right with, like, a higher frame rate camera, so it's all just, like, really low frame rate. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, it's, like, 90s TV. Yeah. yeah. Chugging. James comes in. James has too many polygons. It's slowing down the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> we get that, like, all later on in this scene, like, we get that, like, weird, like, vocal effect that they used for the crash. Yeah. And it just, I don't know why that this is the, <laughs> like, the audio effect they decided is for this subplot. Right, right. Yeah, James, like, shoves her into the couch, like, oh, why'd you set me up, Evelyn? Why'd you do it? And she's He like, comes bursting through the door and gives the least, the least inspired, why did you do it, ever yeah. in history. Uh-huh. Why'd you do it? He burned all his energy out going, it's wrong, last time. That's true. That's the most acting he's done on this show. Uh-huh, yeah. You know what? I should they they should have Diane Keen should have, like said like listen you did a you, you tried your hardest but it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just like ah why did I do it James? I'll tell you why I did it because I'm bad. I'm a bad guy and you're good and you're too pure for this world and I did like fucking you but get out of here. I'm evil. I'm tainted. Go. I did kind of like the part. I'm a bad little girl. <laughs> I did like the part where she's like, no, actually, I'm a sicko and you're a fucking idiot, so maybe get out of here. And then she goes, well, wait, actually, I didn't mean that, but... I'm just, yeah. trying, I'm just trying to push you away. <laughs> it was great. I would have laughed so hard if she actually meant it. Yeah. No, right. yeah, like, it would have been good if she's just like, yeah, no, you don't fucking mean anything to me. You're nothing. Right. James, you don't understand. I'm complicated. I'm gray. I'm a nuanced character. Honest, I am. I'm what they call a femme fatale. I know I seem really vapid and two-dimensional, but I promise I've got depth for days, James. Just give me a chance to show it. Uh, but then James gets hit on the back of the head by Malcolm and knocked out. Malcolm is creepier this ep, right? Yo, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just like that they were like, well, gotta up him to just make him max creep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did a good job with it. I, I think that's genuinely like, uh, he, he is unsettling in this episode. We cut to, yeah, a weird slow motion again as he's explaining to Evelyn, like, here's what we're going to do. He killed your husband, and he came back to kill you, and you had to shoot him so that he's going to be dead when the cops get here. Do you understand? And we get, like, more shots of, like, Evelyn's face superimposed over this. And Malcolm starts to switch her. It's weirdly, like, 
between the slow motion and the creepy kissing, it's reminding me of, like, the Maddie murder scene, and, like, no, don't invoke that. Hmm, yeah, I guess so. I don't know, maybe that's just me drawing connections, but, like, it just feels like a lot of the same tricks being used to make it look creepy, but, like, I cared about that. Yeah. Um, we move on from that to the Civil War. Sure do. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Audrey is in full, like, fucking Gone with the Wind costume. Uh, they've just kind of converted a big chunk of the Great Northern into a set for Ben. And, uh... The constant horse noises are funny. Yeah, yeah. That's the most I'll give the scene. Uh-huh. And, uh... Because uh, I was also extremely worried that, uh... Ben was going to start hitting on his daughter that's not his daughter at the moment. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Yes, I also was worried about this. Right. Uh, and luckily, they, would, they would make what was horrifying in season one a funny joke this time. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, that does not happen. And instead, uh, Jacoby is here uh, as General Grant to surrender to Ben. Yep, and yeah. It, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if this was better, <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff here that, like, I would love. Uh-huh. Like, uh, everyone just being like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah, you're a, you're a great general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And he's like, you know, we will sit on this moment of history. Like, yeah, no, I surrender. Just, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But the moment that uh, the surrender papers get signed, he uh, Ben falls to the floor and yes. is cured. <laughs> then he like falls unconscious and wakes up, and it's literally the fucking ending of the Wizard of Oz. Like I had the most wonderful dream. You were there, and you were there. And hey, the wait a second. Why war. am I dressed like this? And everyone just kind of laughs like the end of a sitcom. Yeah. Now I will say. It's extremely funny when the big Confederate flag falls down in front of uh, Jacoby. That is funny, yes. It's pretty I'll... funny. Yeah, yes. Everything, uh, listen, and it sucks that it's a Confederate flag. Right. Great bit, though. Yeah, I, I, I think this scene, pretty well directed. Yeah, it's, it's just pretty the good. stupid. You, yeah, the writing is really stupid. That really takes away from it, so. Yeah, listen, yeah, ben, yeah. The, Ben's actor still trying his hardest. Yes. And when he wakes up from his dream and starts talking, like, oh, I had this dream about this war. It was it was incredible. And they start playing, like, the Twin Peaks theme. I'm like, no, stop it. You yeah, can't, shut the fuck you can't up. treat this like this scene matters. No. <laughs> no one cares about this shit. Like, ben, go, let Ben go back to being evil. Yeah. Uh, can't believe yeah, I, I want evil just... toe-sucking freak Ben back. <laughs> Yeah, it just really feels like, uh, and like, all right, and none of that really matters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just uh-huh. needed something for him to do for like four or five episodes that didn't matter right. that much. And they needed something that they'd simply, if you're not going to let Audrey fuck Cooper, they got to come up with something to give that actress to do. What other ideas could there possibly be? Yeah. Uh, after that, we cut back to Wyndham Earl, who is, yes, revealing his propensity as a master of disguise, a member of the disguise family. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making Leo sit at his little, uh, school desk, 
yes. and work on his and work on his writing. He's got to make a letter. Yeah. With yeah, he uh-huh. keeps shocking Leo because he can't write good, and eventually like writes it and with that makes Leo. It worse. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's writing like a creepy poem, and then he rips it into thirds and sends a piece, one piece of it each. To Audrey, Shelley, and Donna, the three women who could become Wyndham Earl's queen. It's really weird that he's going to pick between these three who don't matter. Yeah, I mean, right. They used to. <laughs> they used to. It's just such a weird, like, thing to go back to. Right. Yeah. Like, I, if you're going to do this, you pick Audrey because Wyndham Earl should know that Audrey's been hitting on him the whole time, right? Like... Yeah, But, totally. like, why... But why Donna and whoever the other girl you mentioned was? Was it Shelley? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't tell. The It's like a black and white photo. It was difficult right, for right. me to make it out. It is um, very much supposed to be Wyndham Roll being like, ah, which of the three main girls of Twin Peaks will become, like, the central, like, damsel in distress for the final act, I wonder, yes. audience. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, this is when, like, the, the Leo acting like a kid stuff gets at its most Yeah, Yeah, this is the most uncomfortable part. Definitely, yeah. Because again, like Leo, because he's Stockholm syndroming Leo, right? Leo can't write well, uh, you know, barely at all without Wyndham's help. And then, like when they finally write it, like he shoves an Oreo into Wyndham's face or into Leo's face. It's weird and yeah, not not good. It's just gross. I just don't yeah. like it. No, that's that's fair. Yeah, and like I think like this like time like this is when Leo says like, oh, like Wyndham Earl. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, yes, yes. Yes. Ah. And yeah, it's, it's just fucking weird that I don't like it. Yeah. Weird, no. weird derogatory. Listen, one of the things people hate about season two had to get y'all eventually. <laughs> Wyndham Earl? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people fucking hate Wyndham Earl. <laughs> uh, yeah, seems like deservedly so. Just kind of sucks. Absolutely. The, the, the only way you could like him is the way I like him, which is ironically. <laughs> yeah. I just don't do that very much anymore. That's fair. Anyway, come back to Evelyn with her gun, and Donna's there, and she's like, oh, no, Evelyn, don't do it, my baby boy. Yeah. Oh, beans. Yeah. Also, I, maybe I'll, like, look back in this, like, uh, like two years from now and go, like, I mean, yeah, it was kind of funny. Right, totally. <laughs> but, yeah, right now, eh. the, the Most funny of the bits I like funny. about Wyndham Earl have not happened yet. Uh, yeah, this whole scene with Donna and Evelyn and James just is directed so oddly. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, it's doing all of the slow-mo. Again, it's just the quote from, uh, you know, we were using quotes from Dark Place earlier. Right. Like any mo- any scene that could be in slow motion we th- was used for a slow motion. Uh-huh. Yeah, it feels like like Diane Keaton's big idea was to make Evelyn's character like the centerpiece of this episode, right? Like it opens on the Black Queen on the chessboard yeah. and like we get that close up of her face throughout the whole thing and like one of the concluding bits is this is her on the floor like catatonic like talking about oh I shot Malcolm but I had to and like all that. But, like, yeah. the writers are not backing her up on that because Evelyn is not and never has been a character. Yeah, no. Do you think Diane Keaton tried out for Evelyn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who Possible. knows? Who can say? 
I had to look up who Diane Keaton was again. I was like, oh, that lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. in a whole bunch of shit. She's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, Evelyn shoots Malcolm. Hey, shoots Malcolm. That plot's dealt with now. Don't have yep. to worry about it ever again. <laughs> really, uh, you really could have gone the best way with this and then kill Malcolm, but then frame Evelyn for it. But these two aren't smart enough for that. Right, right. Um, we cut back to the Great Northern, where we've learned that Cooper this entire time has had a photo of Caroline in his wallet. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, dude. Right. Um, and then he goes to get in the elevator, and who was in the elevator but Wyndham Earl? Oh, he doesn't <gasps> recognize him because he's in that brilliant disguise. Well, no, he just doesn't even look at him. Well, also that, He's yes. too busy looking at the photo in his wallet. Like, my God. Wyndham yeah. Earl looking like fucking Eric Pope over here. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> he's like an old plaid suit with a little mustache. A little, like, uh, and bellboy hat. Yeah. He drops off a letter for Audrey Horn while he stands next to the largest thing of postcards with all photos of owls in it. And it's like, my God, I know writers who use subtext. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know if you picked up on this in the show, but owls are a symbol <laughs> owls, of evil. Yeah, they mean they mean bad things are happening. Yeah, so Wyndham Earl has a connection to owls. Jesus yeah. Christ. And you see, there's the, like, black is bad and white is good. Right. Which, you know, chess and, like, the black lodge and the white lodge. Oh. My, oh. My goodness. Anyway, Cooper gets back to his room and there's an evil mask on his bed. <laughs> there's a... The evil mask from Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He 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 finds a uh, uh, audio diary from the killer. Right, it is a death. <laughs> it, it is Caroline's death mask. It is a mold made from her face. That Wait, has like that a true? flashlight behind it or something. What's that? Is that true? Yes. Oh my fucking yeah. god! <laughs> how yeah, much the work fucking, did this I guy get? Out of curiosity, because like, how the fuck do you get any kind of meaning out of this episode? The Log Lady intro is all about death masks. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Well, because it doesn't make any fucking sense, and nobody like, knows oh, what, what this is. What is a death mask? Why do we make them, even though they don't look like the deceased? Why do we want such a gruesome symbol? Oh, like, that's that's what the fucking Log Lady intro I is. I forgot there were Log Lady intros. God. <laughs> yeah, those are still For happening. Good you reason. remember the fucking Log Lady? Yeah. <laughs> that was a better show. They have really just ditched out on so much of, like, what this show was. Yeah, oh yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like when I'm like talking about like, you know, this new version of Twin Peaks is good, but sometimes I see clips. I'm like, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the fucking cinema. Yeah, yeah. Re- remember when like we had like the fucking giant and the log lady like talking, like talking to Cooper and being like, "Oh, you fucked up, bro." <laughs> right. It is funny how, so far at least, it feels like everybody... Well, I guess it was the, the Briggs stuff. Never mind. I was going to say, it feels like everybody else is too scared to do weird supernatural shit. But, yeah, no, they, they have. Uh, and, yeah, as Cooper picks up the death mask, it triggers a tape recorder in his bed where Wyndham Earl gives an audio log about Caroline. It, it's so boring. It's, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. I don't care it's about like, your sad dead wife. Yep. Uh, and then it the it looks like Cooper is wearing like an inverse of the mask. Well, yeah, the, the, the final shot is the camera's looking through the eyes of the mask at Cooper's eyes. Yeah, but like the you one see thing it, I will s- go ahead. 
the mask is white, but like the inverse of it is black. So you, oh my you think it's just like chess. My word. Um, the thing I was going to say is the only like impressive thing about this is I do think it's really cool how the uh, mask is backlit until he picks it up. Yeah. And I was like looking at it like, damn, how yes. do they do that? I mean, it's probably just like a different shot imposed on this shot. But uh-huh. I was like, wow, OK, that's a pretty cool effect. Yeah. Just the one under it. the bed. Like just like hidden in the bed with a flashlight. Right. Oh, you know what? That is probably it, huh? Yeah. You kind of see something fall down when he picks the mask up. I assume that's part of, like, the light. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, like, it could have uh, just been, like, a light that was, like, set to go off when it moved, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... From what I've, like, had experience with, uh... In, like, making movies... Yeah. Uh, it's always the dumbest, simplest explanation. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is, uh, that is this episode of Twin Peaks. That's Twin Peaks. We got through it. I said, I I feel like I've heard a lot that, like, this is the worst episode. I think the next one might give it a run for its money, but uh, before that, we got questions. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's, like, the the fun kind of bad, but probably not. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll find out. I'll, t- I'll tell you next week. I can tell you. Yeah. I'm in charge of that. Uh-huh. Uh, from at Crouchpants, who'd win? Ben Horn's Confederacy or the Sailors with Bouncy Balls? <laughs> sailors with Bouncy Balls for sure. Yeah, those yeah, Bouncy Balls sailors. fuck him up. The, the Confederacy people don't want to be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and frankly, the Bouncy Ball guys did kind of fuck him up already. That's true. Yeah. He didn't like them. No. Um, uh, from Chinson Machilla, uh, are there any actors or directors who aren't really rotten people? I can only think of, like, Sean Penn, Clint Eastwood. Is it, if not coincidence, or does that path just attract assholes? I mean, there are tons of really great uh, actors turned directors. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Diane Keaton's an asshole. Yeah, I, you know... And, like, I think Clint Eastwood is an asshole, but, like, he has directed good movies. Right. Um, but, like, you know, there's a mention of Danny DeVito here, which obviously, like, you know, and a really great director, incredible actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele, incredible director. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, Greta Gerwig, I think, you know, is... Like one of the like, the best female directors currently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this really, I, I put that in like the question stuff, uh, just really for me to be able to talk about. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, actors turned directors. Uh, from actual Fox Lesby, rather prisoner. That was a good fucking show. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, number great six show. Was trapped in Twin Peaks instead of the village. They'd managed to break him. Or would number two Dale Cooper wind up falling for him like Leo McKern? <laughs> oh, yeah. Every ev- every man in history is going to fall in love. Or every man in Twin Peaks is falling in love with Patrick McGowan. I think if... Would, would Dale Cooper be a number two? Could they break Dale Cooper? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that would be, like, an interesting number two as, like, the... As, like, a person who is, like, just super, like... Yeah, hey, like right. Because on the other hand, I mean, listen, Cooper's a member of the FBI. Like he's 
if number two is just like a guy that works for the state or whatever, like Cooper's already a number two. I think I think the thing about the number twos, yeah, or at least at least like he wouldn't be broken because he believes in the system too much. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no Which reason would be similar to, to Leo McKern. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's true. But um. Like there's there's no reason to like try and uh, break Cooper, but uh yeah he'd probably be a fun number two, but only because he's like really into the bullshit. Right, right. He just thinks it's he probably just think it's fun, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Now number six, yeah. I get it. You're mad, but try these pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like his thing would just be like, listen, I'm not like I don't want to like make things bad for you, but you should tell us just because look at all this great stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about the prisoner yesterday. I was thinking about the the, the general. He sure. just yep. types Y into the robot, the computer. And it blows up. H Y Y. Yeah. Uh, Great. Yeah. Lexi also just says, "Feel free to talk about prisoner for a bit. I feel we could all use that a bit." Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm always thinking about the prisoner. Yeah, way better when the prisoner did a chess thing. Way better. Way better. They put actual people on the board. Yeah. And it was all about, like, psychology and stuff instead of just whatever the fuck this is about. This is about, like, baby learned her first metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Damn, it's crazy what you guys are doing on the show with the chess thing. <laughs> uh, I, I was looking at a list of, like, actors turned directors just because I was like, did I miss anyone? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, that I would want to mention. Um, and... Not really Ron Howard, I guess, but uh, sure. Yeah, the one, the thing that made me laugh really hard is on this list is included Doug Walker. <laughs> oh, the nostalgia critic. The nostalgia yes. critic himself. I guess you could say he's two of those things. Yes. <laughs> sure. You can post anything under the strictest definitions. Yeah, like in the, in, the, in the same way that I am a filmmaker because I made a short film in college. <laughs> right. And an actor because I also acted in that short film. <laughs> and in the same way I am a filmmaker in that I have uh, pasted a still image into Adobe Premiere and put audio over it. You know, and that's a yes. video file, yeah. you know. Uh, from at Stilts the GM, if Dale Cooper was summoned uh, to the Holy Grail War, what <laughs> class would he be assigned, and what would his noble phantasm be? Molly, go off. Uh, I was trying to think of a noble phantasm for him, but there's nothing good. Mm. Uh, a noble phantasm is the is the weapon of the legendary person uh, that has like its own mystique to it. Okay. Uh, so like Excalibur, for example. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Like it is like it is a holy weapon because of part of the tale. Right, right. Um, like the fucking, but I, I don't like, think Cooper has anything like that, honestly. Well, the thing is, the weapon Cooper uses is a gun. I don't know of any like legendary like handguns. Uh, the uh, service the, weapon from Control. Yeah, sure, uh, yes. The gun, but that also that thing Jack is Ruby supposed used. to be Excalibur. Yeah, I was gonna say the gun that killed JFK. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, uh, you said handgun, so I said the, the gun used by Jack Ruby. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, are you suggesting that Dale Cooper killed JFK? I'm saying that he can invoke the weapon that killed JFK. I don't think that's true at all. Um, He'd probably be like an archer. I don't know. Sure. 
He's not any other ones. The the revolver that killed Jesse. What's that guy's name? James. There we go. James. Jesse James. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse from Breaking Bad. Jesse from Pokemon. Jesse from Better Call Saul. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, Ashley, did you have more? Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask if the the Crass if Crass has a question from us for us. You already read it. Oh, did you yeah, not? It's just I, I saw that you responded to on your locked account. Uh, on my one. locked account, Crass simply said, "I did my best." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's here's the replies I got to my to my post unlocked because when you made that questions post we hadn't gotten much yet, yeah. Um, and I was like, does anybody want to give us questions for this dog shit episode? Uh, and M said no, uh, and then <laughs> and then Iris gave us the the Dale Cooper question, uh, and then Crass said I did my best. Nora wants me to pick the Sekiro fight and I'm not doing it, uh, but Sekiro's also added. Game. I'm sorry. Also added, if you could have a Nendo of any Twin Peaks, who would you pick? Ooh. <sighs> uh, I kind of feel like I want a Pete, Pete Nendo. Yeah. yeah, right? He'd have yeah, a little fishing hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be Pete. He'd be he'd be the best figure. Even Nendo that uh, a Nendo of Laura that has glasses and black hair, you can swap out to make it a Nendo of Maddie. <laughs> I'm just thinking the Pete one would come with a little, uh, with a little, a little percolator. Uh, percolator, and it has, yeah, and it has optional fish. Yep. Well, yep, yeah, because yep, yep. you could either have him holding the fish, and then one of like the later photos where it's getting kind of yeah. silly would be like him with the fish and the percolator. You'd be like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> uh, I do very deeply want a Pete Martel Nendoroid now. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the good shit. Good smile if you're listening. Please pick up the Twin Peaks merch license. <laughs> Just for that one, though. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I won't throw away a Cooper Nedroid. Sure. Yeah. No. I, listen, I would be, I would be rather happy uh, right. to get any uh, Twin Peaks Nendo. Yeah. But the Pete one really is the. That's the crown jewel. Yeah. The yeah. epitome. Yep. Pete really is Twin Peaks. Uh-huh, Twin I, Peaks. I, I want one of those like character polls that they do in mangas, where it's uh-huh. like, how did this person win? <laughs> and it's like, and the most popular male character is Pete. <laughs> and it would be a landslide. Yeah. Yes. See, now this can't the- ever happen, because if that wasn't the result, we'd all be furious. I mean, it, it happens every day. <laughs> When you really think about it. Yeah, you know what? I guess when you really think about it. Anyway. That's it for questions. Uh, Luke Corker finds you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows that I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as uh, Idol on Playtest. It's an actual play RPG podcast. And right now, I don't do fucking shit on, except that's not true. I do a bunch of Patreon up still. But uh, right now, we are in the middle of Idol on Spice. It is a campaign GM'd by Fabby. Molly, you're playing in that. I'm playing in that. It's a good time. It's some magical girl yeah. stuff on an alien world fighting monsters and what have you. Good shit. I thought we like were going to... Dune, right? It's yeah, just like sure. <laughs> I thought we were making good people, not bad people. Yeah, you didn't get the memo that everyone else was a piece of shit. <laughs> no, nobody sent me a message. 
Uh, we recorded an episode of Let's Place, uh, which I don't know when exactly that'll be out, but sometime soon. Much like when I record the Amory score. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for me right now. Okay, Ashley. Uh, you can find me at Yuri Librarian with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. You can also find me at Patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Give Ashley your, your fucking, fucking money. money. Oh, real quick, uh, you can also, we did an episode of The Matrix Says You at Hello on the Animatrix. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that is available yes. now on Crystal's Patreon. Yes, it, as of this recording, it's on Crystal's Patreon. I think it'll be up for free by the time you're listening to this. Oh, uh, that's we, true. I forgot about the timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Iris is on that episode. It's a good time, talking the Animatrix. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, your fun Molly, with Y-E-R. You can find me at audioentropy.com. I need mayo.com and the secondbestgame.club. Um, what were we playing? The- oh, we we actually already recorded the Prey episode. <laughs> because we we both finished it last week. So we I was just like, do you want to just record it now? Yeah, it's a care uh, of it so early that's this time. Can. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, because we need all the extra time we could get for next month, which is uh, the Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Oh, I see. Yeah, you know, you need a lot of time for that, like, six-hour game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, isn't there another Dragon Age you're supposed to do? Uh, yeah, that's the month after. Okay, okay. We put a little bit of a gap in there, so we didn't just do them all in, like, the first half of the year. I see. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> yes, I would die. <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, we had that's to how separate you did Mass Effect. Out. Yeah, and I wanted to die. <laughs> You don't understand how upset I was by the end of playing Andromeda because no, that game just keeps episodes, going. I do. Oh, it's so bad. It's just a. It's just okay. Anyway, um, yeah, it's Nora's birthday that month, so we're playing Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. So, uh-huh. and then when it's my birthday, we're playing Dead Space. Hell yeah! Hell yeah, dude. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's it for me. You go to audioentropy.com, hit the donate button in the upper right hand corner, give us a little bit of money for hosting the website. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if you have done that, appreciate it. Um, you can leave us a review wherever you can leave us reviews, and you can only give us the best rating. Yeah. That's yeah. a fact. Because unlike Twin Peaks, we're always great. Yep. We're always great. We're always killing it. Where else are you going to hear about the Pete Martell, uh, Dendo? <laughs> yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere else. Uh, And that's it. Ashley, get us out of here. Until next time. Damn fine podcast. Damn fine podcast. It's been a while since he'd had coffee, too. I mean, he had coffee. They've lost lost everything. And he had coffee last episode. That's one we can't fit on them. All right. Fair enough. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.